You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show, Sid Talk. Hello, how are you? How are you? How are you? Great, you came out of the gate with high Fast. volume. High volume coming out of your head. Fast and mighty. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mighty. I'm not sure about mighty, but hey. Yeah. I, I love you, so I'll support whatever you think about your, yeah. What should be for the after the show discussion? There wasn't much. You were looking up stuff from the movies versus the game. Is there a site that compares that? No. Right, so this movie, of course, is based on a video game we're going to be talking about, and there is a site where you can compare movies that are based on real-life things. What's it called? History versus Hollywood. Right, so there's no video game versus Hollywood? No, but we Ah. should make that. Uh, It sounds like a lot of effort for something (laughs) I don't care about, but somebody out there can do it. Get the domain quick. All right, it's Saturday, May the 7th. It's after the show, number 735. We're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie Uncharted. It's a 2022 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on May the 10th, so you better pick it up this week. It's rated PG-13. And it's from our friends at Sony. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie Uncharted. Hmm. A guy who jumps around a lot. Gets caught up in a thing to find some gold from the old explorer Magellan with a dude and a lady. That's a very good... (laughs) I'll give you the real synopsis. Okay. Street-smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the House of Moncada. Like I said, a dude jumps around, (laughs) does a thing. You forgot the lady part, though. We didn't include her. Well, I'm only going what the official synopsis says. Mine are always so much better. All right, so Uncharted, based on the PlayStation games of the same name. Sid Talk, what did you think? Okay, here's the deal. I enjoyed it. This is the deal? This is the deal. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And yet, there's a yet, and yet, and there's a but... It's just so up your ass and everyone else who's in love with these games that a person, unlike I just told you, this was part of the after the, before the after the show discussion. Sorry, I missed this part when I said, I've never once watched you play more than five minutes of any of these games. It's just never interested me. I never have. So I know nothing. I'm coming in as a movie viewer. And for me, it's very, it's fine. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's quick. All that stuff. It's just that I know I am missing a lot. Like, I am not catching references. I am not filling in five games, essentially. And that's how many hours of your life? Oh, it has to be hundreds. Hundreds of hours of your life. And all the other people who are very aware of it, who have written it, played it, talked about it, ad nauseum, I'm sure, on the internet, etc. Watch videos of it. I'm not that person. So it is, it's like very empty calories. There's nothing, I understand what the shell of it is, you know, this dude and their whatever. His origin story is this, basically. His brother and him were into history. Parents are dead, right? So here's like the the rough story. 
Their parents are dead. The brother takes off from the orphanage when they're mm, teenagers-ish, yeah. I'm guessing. But they establish very quickly that these two young boys, men, know a lot about history and about Magellan's gold. And so we're supposed to now go, okay, he knows a lot about the world and world history. Got it. Tick that box. And then we fast forward to his life now. He's like this Tom Cruise kind of bartender. <laughs> if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Cocktail. And then a dude shows up who's Marky Mark and says, hey, just out of the blue, completely stranger. Do you want to go on this journey with me to find Magellan's gold? And he's just like, no, thank you. And you're like, whatever. Hold on. It's out of the blue, but it's there's also a reason for it. Yeah, but it's out of the blue to him. He has no yes. fucking clue. So yes. this guy shows up. Marky Mark shows up at the restaurant where he's working. Like, and he just says, yeah, you want to go on this adventure with me? <laughs> and Martin, you know, Spider-Man boy is like, No. And we all know he's going to, right? Spider-Man boy. <laughs> and then... I think the guy's like 29 years that's old. That's fine. It? And then, <laughs> boom, we're in it. It's just a shell of a story, right? It's very superficial. I get it. Not understanding things. It's not, uh, you know, over Hold my on. head. Let me ask you. You've seen the, um, n- the newer Tomb Raider movies, not knowing anything about the games either. Were they the same as this for you? I think the newer ones I described as that a bit. And then the original ones, not so much, because it was very contained, you know what I mean, to me. Yeah. Just as shallow, but I didn't feel like I had to understand the entire, I didn't have to be like marinated in the in the world of it to really get excited every time I see a thing. A map on the wall, a token, the golden cross, a trap that you might get fallen into. I mean... All those things mean something to you. I have no background for that. So when they're trying to find... Okay, here's one part of the movie. So they've got these crosses that are keys and they're in the city somewhere in Spain. Where they? Where were they? Barcelona. Barcelona. Oh yeah, that big, that one city. <laughs> <laughs> and they're using these keys to poke into holes into very public places to find a thing that's apparently been hidden for 500 years. But there's a grate in the ceiling that goes through the fucking street. They can literally look up and there's the street. And yet we're supposed to believe no one has been in this room for 500 years. I just, I was like, okay. But if you love, if you're in love with the game and the adventure, then your memories of the game, because games kind of play out different and you allow a bigger bubble of disbelief, right? Or of belief or whatever it's called to allow yourself to be a little more like, Okay, I'll buy it, right? Like you're like, I'm a, I'm in it. I'm I'm sold on the idea. Well, when you're just watching a movie and there's none of that going on, I was like, are they on punked or something? Because <laughs> they're it's so I just wasn't getting that part. Right. That it the adventure they're taking the first third of the movie to do all this secretive stuff and turn the keys and find these places under the city and these, you know, tunnels and shit. It was very unmysterious. It didn't seem dangerous. There were people everywhere. So that part was like lost to me. But for you, because you've done those types of adventures, if it wasn't that specifically. That one, that one specifically has been done. Right. So your mind fills in all of this stuff, the feeling of it, the anticipation, everything you had to do, every puzzle that you did. You've, you're coming to the table with all that. Like you've got on the buffet of your memories, you've got all the stuff to fill it in. I'm just sitting there with like a little dried up sandwich of like, oh, they're going in this thing and then. All of a sudden, they're going to fly to another country because they found some jars of salt and a thing 20 feet from where people are. It just seemed very, like, shallow to me. 
I mean, again, I'm going to keep saying it. I still had fun. I would say the games are shallow too. It's not like award-winning storytelling or anything. It's no, pretty but much Indiana you invest Jones. Invest yourself. Rip-off. You might take an hour to do the puzzle to get into that oh, room. That puzzle uh, sequence probably take two hours. To exactly, be and they probably portrayed in a way that's a little. I mean, all I kept thinking was, why is this so not hidden? I mean, we're literally looking for treasure that 500 years ago, some adventurers or whoever they were, when the city was 500 years ago, they went in underneath the city and like the tunnels and stuff and did all these traps and these trap doors that can only open with these two golden keys that are shaped like crosses and all this stuff. And now it's like the whole society of people is just right there and no one's found it. I mean, you could also say the same for the boats, ships. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when we found the ships. It was like the Goonies, but the Goonies was a little bit better than that discovery. But hey, we'll get to that when we get to that. My opinion on it was it was a bit of rough and a bit of smooth. <laughs> Obviously, it really differs from the games. I just got over that pretty quickly. I was like, okay, this is its own thing. You know, it, it does have a lot of differences. But some of the dialogue's quite funny, I thought, in a quippy kind of way. I, I laughed a few times. The action sequences, which there are numerous... I found all of them to be fun. Mm. Even the one where Nathan Drake was running after Chloe through the city, you know, like doing like the parkour over everything. Even that, it's just like really looks good. Like it's a really... I didn't think it did, but hey. I thought it was a really cool... I mean, it's the city of Barcelona. It it just looked really cool. There was people everywhere. It wasn't like three in the morning when there was nobody there. It was the middle of the day. Right, but again, it's the middle of the day. And we have these people treasure hunting in a city full of millions of people. It just... Right. It, it didn't make any sense, but it, I... It opens with one of the biggest action moments from the games. The If you've played the games, it's the cargo plane sequence, which you'll all know. But it opens with that. See, I didn't like what they did with that either, really. I liked the sequence. But I didn't like how we started with it, then cut it, and then showed it again, basically. Yeah. Later on in the movie. But the third act of this movie, while it is ludicrous and silly, I really enjoyed it in like a stupid way. (laughs) It's full-on CG special effects spectacular, right? The last third. It involves a sequence being... I've played all the games. I know everything about the games. It involves a sequence that isn't in any of the games. Which I actually appreciated because it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. It involves two ships. You'll know the ships because you'll find them in Uncharted 4 if you've played it. But it takes an unusual turn, that sequence, and plays out in this like crazy, over-the-top action 80s movie almost, right? Mm, or like Pirates of the Caribbean when it had the two ships going down in the world. Yeah, and world. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Like there was ha- That yeah. looked good. Yeah, looked good. The people didn't always look good. They looked very rubbery and video gamey, but the ships themselves flying. This is, are we telling them? Yeah, I might as well. Okay, the ships are 500 year old. So everyone just get in your little bubble of belief. Right I mean, now. you can't. Um, These ships are. It's not realistic. A, the ships are in a cave. They're totally fine almost. They're a little bit rusty looking and rustic, but intact. And there happens to be a hole above them. Again, no one's discovered these two ships full of gold. Nobody flew over and looked down the hole. Or just did what he did, which was go in the little cave and then swim down a little hole. And that was it. That was it. Okay. Skeptics, stay with me here. <laughs> and then they've already planned and figured out what they were going to do. How they knew 
that these ships would be available from the top. I have no idea. But they had helicopters come. I said, are these people archaeologists? Do they know how to safely remove 500-year-old ships? By the time you'd ended that sentence, they'd already removed them. Yeah, they were on top of it. So they net them up and then they lift them up with these giant helicopters and fly them through the air. Which is cool. So like if you've seen the Goonies, the Goonies ship comes out and then sails off into the sunset, which is totally appropriate and totally believable. Of course, I'm winking, you know, but that's a different movie. This is like they're flying, they're being hung and drugged through the air as these two helicopters battle it out. Now it looks great. The ships looked great flying through the air. So I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, it was cool. And, I, you know, because it wasn't in the games, it was interesting to me because I didn't really know what was going to happen. But, I mean, it's pretty formulaic what happens. But it does give you a very good action sequence. And it's kind of the end of the movie, be it the way they've chose to do this movie. Nathan Drake really only becomes Nathan Drake in the last five minutes, right? I mean, again, you're talking to video game people. So I I've mean, to the like Nathan the, Drake learned, that you know. But I've learned, I don't know any Nathan Drake. No, they're so. not the one you know. The one that you know if you've played games. Right, I'm saying I don't. So you're talking to people who have played the game. So to me, you're I mean, you're not even talking to a, a movie person anymore. You're comparing and everything. So to me, none of, it didn't mean anything to me that he put his gun holster on, except I've seen pictures of him that when you're playing, or I might have walked by the TV when he was playing, I'm like, oh. Didn't he have a gun? In my mind, like, he had a gun holster in the movie, and or in the game. And now it's five minutes before the end of the movie, and now he has a gun holster. So, yeah, otherwise it didn't mean anything to me. If you are a person who's has played the games, he becomes Nathan Drake, the one that you know from the games, in the last five minutes. And then more so in the after the credits sequence, which is mm-hmm. like, which kind of cheapens it for me a bit. Because it's totally like, cheapened it. they're just relying on a sequel to actually give you the actual part that you're into. Also relying on the foaming at the mouth, rabid video game fan to be like, oh yeah, there it is. There's the cigar. <laughs> yeah. No offense to all of you. And you might've been included in that as well. Some of the things I thought were missing from the movie. I was like, why the hell are these iconic things not in the movie? Why are these iconic things not in the movie? One, the score which is amazing, the Uncharted music that everybody who's played the games knows because it's on the title screen every time you boot it up. Two, Sully's cigar and Sully's uh, mustache. Those things are not in the movie and it was kind of bugging me, especially the music because I was like, that music needs to well up whenever a heroic moment is coming on. I mean, you don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out because it's a really awesome piece of music. And they use it once near the end of the movie and then once during the credits that was annoying but i think they'll obviously use it in the next movie this is supposed to be like an origin story but it isn't it felt like an origin story to me but it doesn't because he's already like yeah but he's not doing his main missions like but he's not he's not though i'm watching the movie and it is his origin story because before this he was a bartender and now he's an adventurer. So to me, it is the origin of him. Also, he's not a bartender in the games, which is... Uh, that that yeah. threw me off a bit. I was like, why is he a bartender? Right, so as I'm watching it, he's a bartender. He has nothing to do with any of Again. this stuff, except that his brother disappeared, and they know a lot about history, and about this Magellan gold that's mysteri- that's been missing forever, for 500 years. And now he's been led down this path very quickly. I don't know the timeline. And boom, now he's the guy who wants to go find more treasure. 
In the games, Nathan Drake is not called Nathan Drake for nothing. Did they explain it in a line of dialogue at the beginning? Yes. Or? The brother said, we are actually descendants of right. the actual Drake. Or at least that's what mom and dad used to tell us. Yeah, literally like a quick. Like, yep. So yeah. that means probably you're not. They spend a whole game, if you play the games, with the Drake. Drake's Fortune, the game's called. Mm-hmm. About Francis Drake. But in this, they didn't really go there. They f- they kind of took like the bits from the games that are really super action packed and kind of crammed them into one story. It's like some it's like they got a writer and said like go and play those games and then they came back and went, "Yeah, I really like this part, this part, this part, this part. That's what we'll make this movie about." I don't think they relied on game players. I think they relied on the people who wrote the games, right? It's Sony who made the movie. Yeah. So the people who wrote the games. I'm just talking like these writers are not. I I was looking at the list. The writers are not video game people. There's like four writers on this movie. It just felt like they went and said, let's make a compilation of the games. Two of the plots come from the fourth game. There's some of the first game a little bit. You know, it's just a bit of a hodgepodge. I would have preferred they just made the fourth game, which is like the end of Nathan Drake. Well, not for them. They want to make a shitload of money. Yeah, but. That you don't matter. I, I hate to break this to you, but all that matters is they've got, oh, look, we own this thing. We can make a lot of money. And then that's it. And then they do a thing and then we pay for it. And then they do another thing because we'll pay for it. Some of the casting I don't like. I'm not so fond of him being a bartender. I, I just find it weird, <laughs> that part. Yeah, but you're coming into it just with all of your biases. I find it weird I- that they drop the brother story, like literally on the f- opening of the movie and then don't bother with it. Well, they're stringing you along. Yeah, this is stringing, all that it, that's what it feels like. Throughout the entire movie, they keep bringing him up. And then we find out that the lady we're meeting, something to do with the brother. This guy knows the brother, blah, blah, blah. It's like a little carrot on the stick. Yeah. And in the games, you don't even meet the brother until the fourth game. So, you know, there's a lot of Sully and Nate without a brother. I did like the special effects. I did like the action sequences. Thought it was kind of funny in parts. Even you laughed a couple of times, mm-hmm. I noticed. Because there is a good chemistry between Marky Mark and um, Tom Holland, I think. I don't know. Marky Mark doesn't make me laugh because he's funny. He makes me laugh because he's a complete smartass. And he's so egotistical. It blows my mind. He carries off scenes with this, like, I don't even have to fucking do anything. I mean, literally. I'm just talking. And I'm looking. And going, "Mm." Because it doesn't matter. That's what I'm laughing at. Like, are you kidding me? He's doing a sully. He's so... But he's... He's, it's like there's nothing going on. He's just playing. I know it's acting, which is one thing. But he's play acting, which I'm always like, he gets away with shit, man, that guy. Let's get on to the cast then. Tom Holland plays Nathan Drake. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man boy. Spider-Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of Tom Holland as Nathan I mean, Drake? I'm not a huge Tom Holland fan anyway, so he's fine. I'm neutral. I'll say neutral. I mean, he did the stunt work quite good, I thought. There's a lot of, like, crazy jumping and falling. I felt like that was a little, like, super boring, but hey. I felt like it was really him, though. Especially, like, the parkour bit. It didn't look like... Didn't make it more interesting. Fake Tom Holland. I like Tom Holland. I think he's uh, charming. And I think he fits an action hero, obviously, because he's Spider-Man, right? I don't think so. That's why I'm not... I'm neutral, because I don't feel like that. I feel like he's a product of a huge corporation who wants to tick all the boxes for their 
front man. Wow, you're really down on Tom Holland. <laughs> Not down on Tom Holland at all. He's fine. He does his thing. He's more manufactured than like to me. I'm not feeling. I want to feel his thing, and I feel like he's just sort of designed. Mark Wahlberg plays Victor Sullivan. Now that's this is where casting gets a bit weird. I, I at first I thought maybe he'll be all right as Sully with his smart assery and stuff, but then he, I just never thought of Sully. You know, the entire time I just thought. But of the Mark, thing is, I just thought of Mark Wahlberg. But are you saying. supposed to? This is the problem I have with this uh, one piece of art being turned into another. That you are now that's completely why I said, biased. That's why I said I got over it quickly. Right, but you were thinking of it. Instead of it just being what it is, you want it to be something else. Yeah. And you had to force yourself to get on with it, right? I feel like that's kind of gross, isn't it? Like, what do you want, really? You want the game right in front of you? Or, I don't know, that's what I'm saying. You said... Tom Selleck is more of the time. Would you want Tom Selleck? I would have in that had role? Tom Selleck. I would have definitely hired Tom Selleck. Yeah, but then that's just servicing your already biased thing where you could just go play the game again. But if that's you just, want Sully, it's, actually, it's actually just a joke. Right, but I'm saying if you want everyone to be exactly the same, then just play the game again. Sully is quite a bit older in the games. That's the thing. In this, I, all I see is Marky Mark. I don't even see a character. I just see Marky Mark yeah. doing wisecracks. Yeah, Marky Mark being smartass yeah. and just getting away with it. But um, he's fine. Again, so I think... That's a neutral comment. I'm not down on the guy. It's I feel just, like that's where the casting went a bit odd to me. I, I was like, oh, I don't know if he works. It, yeah, or he doesn't you, for me, at least. If he'd never played the game, because to me, him being that part didn't matter. It was just him in any part, almost. There are some serious ones that he does really well, but that's not what distracted me. It was just him. Also, Antonio Banderas as Santiago Moncada. I didn't like him as a bad guy. He took it pretty seriously. Maybe a little bit too much, like he was in a different movie. Yes, he was definitely in a different (laughs) movie. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's Antonio Banderas, you know? Yeah, it's like there was two doors, like he came to work in the morning and he's like, which one am I in? They're like, that one. And he's like, oh shit, that's not the one I'm supposed to be in, but fuck it, I'll carry on. Sophia Ali plays Chloe Frazier. My favorite... Character in the whole Uncharted franchise is Chloe. She always was. Again, the casting was a bit awkward for me. I didn't like her. Is it that accent that she was trying to do? The look of Chloe, in a way. I mean, she looks like the video game character, yeah. Yeah, but she's got this strange... It was putting me off. It was like, okay, is she from New Zealand, Australia, or is she a Cockney? And interchangeably, like, from scene to scene, and sometimes in one scene, she'd be all three of those things. And that's Um, nothing to do with video game versus movie. That's just, unfortunately, that her performance had that in... Yeah, like a dialect coach, like, taught or something, and she was trying to do that. But I actually looked the actress up. She's an American, right? I thought she was British, and she was trying to do Australian, and then that comes across weird sometimes. But no, she's an American, and she's trying to do, like, I don't know what she's trying to do, so but it was off-putting, yeah. Because if you do no accents, it kind of gets irritating if you can tell somebody's messing it up, right? She was also also quite serious and a little more hard edge than what our Spider-Man boy and our Marky Mark were being. You know, when you're in scenes with her and she's a little more intense. Maybe she was supposed to be on the Antonio Banderas movie with her. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like a, a mishmash. And then I put down uh, Tati Gabrielle as Braddock. Now she's like the 
you know, enemy of the movie. Villain. What did you think of her? I mean, she was fine. She was just mostly walking around in a very interesting costume. Tough woman being very, like, sinister. Fashionable. Not not scary sinister at all. She didn't scare me. She didn't intimidate me. But she was trying to be. And the things that she did were supposed to be like, oh, gosh, she's bad. But there was no ground for her being bad. I don't have a precedent. I don't have any story of... Or a scene where she's explaining anything. She's, she's got just, no backstory. No, she's got a knife and um, she wants to uh, run the show. Just basically. because you look badass doesn't mean yeah, that's what you are, does it? Correct. <laughs> so, yeah, there's nothing. There's no. She's one dimensional, let's say. Yes. But she looks cool and that's, that's all I could say about it. Ruben Fleischer is the director here. He directed Zombieland, the Zombieland sequel. Venom, Gangster Squad, and episodes of Santa Clarita Diet. What did you think of Ruben's direction? It's a mixed bag, really. Because there are times when the action sequences are so... Like, to me, and if anyone has ever listened to us before, I'm not a fan of prolonged action sequences or fights or car chases, anything like that. So there were some fight scenes that were, like, all stunt. It was as if you went to... The stunt school, <laughs> the stunt person school. And they're like, hey, we're putting on a show on a set to show you all the cool stunts. None, a lot of it didn't serve anything that was going on. It was just like, you know, a big Broadway production, which bored my brain terribly. So I feel like a, a director, that if that's what appeals to that director, it just kind of taints the whole thing a bit. Right. You know, because that's the objective, are these big action sequences, not so much any other qualities. I think they did pull off some of them. I like the one, you know, the one where he's on the chandelier? That was pretty fun, yeah. That one's actually a, literally a sequence from the game that you play. Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole auction heist, they call it. And it's really, it's a lot more edge of your seat in the game than it is in the movie. Well, that's because you're doing it. Yeah, and you feel like it's going to go wrong at any but second. So you're comparing it again. But yeah, which I but don't have. I'm just saying they just didn't do it as quite as it wasn't tense, let's say. Cuz it went from not to 100 like immediately. Mm-hmm. Which it doesn't in the the way they did it in the game. IMDb reviews, what are those? Those are reviews. People go on a website called imdb.com and they type up the little thing. I want 2 hours of my life back. This movie should never have been made and the classic Worst movie ever made. <laughs> and these are the one star reviews from... I'll give yes, you a- the one stars, yeah. Yeah. The bottom of the barrel. So first guy says, Mark Wahlberg should not play Nathan Drake. Uh, he didn't play Nathan Drake. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the whole review. Awesome. <laughs> I think somebody must have just looked at the poster and went, oh, look, Mark Wahlberg's Nathan Drake. And then they wrote a review about a movie yes. they didn't watch. Or they watched the whole movie. So you're giving them too much credit. And got confused. I think they watched the whole movie and they were just <laughs> wrong. Second guy says, big budget with nothing else. No chemistry, nothing gripping or even interesting. The dialogue is just stupid. It's only for fans of Holland and Wahlberg, but they don't even deliver performances. Well, they do. Well, mm, they don't I mean, even yeah. deliver performances. They do perform somewhat. No matter how many random characters and dumb action scenes are thrown in, or how cool the lead characters think they are, it's an insulting stinker. 
A waste of money and time. Waste of time. There we go. It's a classic. We need to frame that. We need to put that on a button. We do. And the final one says, Tom Holland is a kiddish and artificial actor. That's just the title. (laughs) Here we go. Please remove this Tom Holland. This kid spoils the beauty of a movie. So artificial acting. Even in Spider-Man, he spoiled the iconic character. I advise don't use Netflix cheap characters in the upcoming movie. Make use of a legend and versatile. That was the third guy. Right. That was my favorite review. One of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) And you're reading it just as it was written. Yeah. That was not, there was no errors. That was just how it was. I mean, there was errors. (laughs) Extras we did not watch because we watched the streaming version. Conclusion on Uncharted. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 5.2. Nice. Just a barely above. I mean, it's fine. It serves. I'll forget about it. I would probably rather watch you play the game for 100 hours, to be honest. I think you would. It would be much more entertaining. <laughs> Thank you to Sony. Next week, we're going to look at Mr. Michael Bay's new film, Ambulance. So, Michael we're going to. There's going to be. still around? There's going to be Bayhem. Remember that one? No. Going to be. Yeah, Michael Bay is uh, still making movies. And uh, this one stars Jake Gyllenhaal. We'll see how it goes. Movie recommendations. I am going with the Tomb Raider movies, which uh, are almost a guilty pleasure. The original ones. If you've rewatched them, they're pretty bad, mm-hmm. like bad, but there's something really fun about them. <laughs> and, Lee, you know, Angelina Jolie, I don't know. She wouldn't do that now, would she? I don't know. I don't know the woman. And my other one is the Last of Us video games, which are Naughty Dog, who made Uncharted franchise. Their next franchise after that was The Last of Us, which is about to be made into a TV show. The games themselves, part one and part two, are stunning works of art, in my opinion. Mm. And you have more knowledge of The Last of Us than you do Uncharted, because mm-hmm. you've you've seen every single minute of both Last of Us games. Yeah. And I, th- I believe you like them. I do. I don't need a movie, but I do. Not getting a movie, we're getting a TV show on don't HBO. Need a TV show either. Well, I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're so different. And my recommendations are going back to the 1990s. And I don't know what year I'm in. Let me look at my spreadsheet. Oh, I don't know. I've I've closed the spreadsheet. So you just have to guess. So the movies are Dave. If anyone knows what that is, it's when Kevin Klein looks exactly like the president and the president's in a coma. And then Dave, the guy who looks just like him, has to pretend to be the president and uh, kind of fixes all the problems of the country. So that's a fun one. Jurassic Park, I think we all know what that is. The Firm, we also know what that is. Sleepless in Seattle, need I say more? And Hocus Pocus, a actual classic. Actual classic? Actual classic. <laughs> yeah, you do like that. There's I a, do. There's a sequel to that coming out this year. Did you know that? Of course. Do you think I live under a rock? Yes. Mm, I don't. I do know. I mean, you do sometimes. I'll say to you, <laughs> do you know they're doing this? And you're like, nope. The thing is, here's the deal. I sometimes intentionally don't give a shit about the news, and so I don't make the effort. I mean, it's 
Nothing changes in the world if I know about it. But if I can watch a Hocus Pocus movie, yeah, changes my world. Has this Hocus Pocus 2 movie got the original cast, do you know? I believe so. Nice. We'll see. All right, Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing a new game on the PlayStation 5. It's actually not a new game. It's a game from 2015 called This War of Mine. Now, they've remastered it and called it This War of Mine Final Cut. And what it is, it's it's kind of like, you know when a city or a, ta- a country gets war-torn, like what is in the headlines at the moment, mm-hmm. and you play one of these three survivors who are in a war-torn city. The, the war happened like a year ago, but the whole city is like in been bombed. People are just trying to survive in the city. And you pick one of these people, and it's a side-scrolling, and it's a survival-based story game where you're one of these three survivors. One of them, the lady, is a... She used to be a reporter for the TV before the whole country went to shit. There's a guy who you can also play as who used to be like a famous, like Bobby Flay, let's say, like a food network um, cook. Okay. And another guy was a sports person. First of all, Bobby Flay would love that you called him a cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other guy is like a sports person, and they've all had interactions with each other in the past before everything went to shit, like in the normal world. So it's an ensemble piece. Yeah. And you can play as, well, you do, you play as all of them. You have to use them to solve problems, you know, and you've got to survive. Like it's bleak. Like you're in like this old, like house that's been bombed and, you know, you've got to get food. Like last week's game that I talked about, Green Hell, where you've got to like survive in the jungle. This one's like, you've got to survive in this bombed out city. There's a lot of politics involved, you know, because like there's not really a proper government anymore and the way the country is like a year after this bombing, it hasn't been took over properly. So you've got to like dodge the authorities and. This is very timely and, and kind of, you know, it sounds triggering. Yeah. You very timely. I mean, like could be, I feel like because the game came out in 2015, they've just like remastered it. I feel like it might have been remastered because of current events. Like, cause it, it's not exploitive of this kind of thing. It's very, it feels like it's made by people who have experienced this type of thing. Right. So it's it's not making fun of it. It's not yeah, it's not exploiting them. Right. It's like it feels like it's a tale told by people. And maybe it is, I'm not sure, but it's called This War of Mine and it's the final cut, so you get all of the DLC and everything so you can play the whole story now. And uh, it's available on all, everything. And the other game I played this week is called Trek to Yomi, and it's a another side-scrolling game. Goodness. In black and white, and it's a samurai story. Oh, it looks like an old samurai movie. You might have seen a li- me playing a little bit of it. Did you? Uh, I looked over for about maybe 10 seconds. It's like really, really beautiful looking. It's black and white, like one of those old Kurosawa movies. I guess that's what they were going for. It's got film grain all over it, and it's a... Simple story of, it's like a revenge story. You're a samurai. Something happens to your family. Got to go on revenge. But you go along, as you're going along the way, and it's a side-scrolling hack and slash type game where you do samurai moves, the story is being uncovered. But it just is really gorgeous to look at. 
you don't, there's not too many games that are black and white the entire time with no color at all, you know? And black and white does make things look cool, doesn't it? There's a reason black and white movies look, still look cool. I mean, like, not every single one of them. Because when you were putting them together, you had to think of, like, you know, the... They didn't all, but... The ones that did. Like a Kurosawa movie. Like Seven Samurai, let's, for instance. I guess. I mean, that's one everyone talks about. I'd have to watch it again to confirm, but... I mean... I catch what you're throwing. It's an amazing looking movie. <laughs> like a benchmark in cinema. It might be, or it might not be. I don't know. I'd have to see it again. Just like Citizen King. But Trek to Yomi is on Game Pass, so you can, if you've got Game Pass, you know what I do with Game Pass, it's hilarious. I don't subscribe to it. So when there's a game that I want to play, like this one, if you don't subscribe to it for a few months, they give you an offer of, like, it's a dollar to subscribe for a month. So I subscribe for a month, play all the games I want to play, and then unsubscribe, and then wait till the dollar thing pops back up again. Pretty smart. Don't tell the whole world. They're going <laughs> to <they'll laughs> yeah. take away that. Yeah, I'm never paying more than a dollar for a, you know, and you can play hundreds of games for that dollar. It's pretty cool. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight we have settled on the McAllister's Deli because I want a baked potato and you're having a veggie sandwich. And the reason I'm telling you is because we've been vegetarian for like since 2009 and people think we're starving to death and we have nothing to eat. Not true. This is not true. I'm definitely not wasting away. I am a large middle-aged woman vegetarian and i'm fine i'm surviving just fine on the uh, what people like to call rabbit food <laughs> rabbit but today i'm gonna have a gigantic potato covered with roasted vegetables and some cheese sauce and you're having that lovely nine grain bread with tons of veggies on it i mean i don't even know why people still complain about vegetarianism it's the weirdest thing it's one of the weirdest things of society that i can that i can think of weird it's very weird. And then my advice, is that what you're asking me for? Yes. So I guess I look around at people and, you know, we all have a little bit of this thing where we let ourselves get run down or like you don't think of taking care of your own, not just your physical health, but like your mental state and keeping straight in your head and not feeling like shit all the time. I mean, it depends on the circumstance. I get it. But taking care of yourself. Even if it's like literally taking five minutes in the bathroom to close the door and tell everyone to fuck off for the day, for five minutes while you just clear your mind to like recharge your little battery for a little bit. Like it doesn't solve the big problems of life. But guess what? Feeling like shit all the time also doesn't solve any problem. Being angry all the time, feeling like shit all the time, letting yourself get run down, being sort of like... And I'm going to say this and it's going to offend somebody. I know, but it's exactly what I mean. Wallowing in whatever the thing is in the moment. Again, this depends on the circumstance. We're not talking about the most horrible of things here. We're talking about daily life and people do wallow, right? Things pile up on people and then they're just like almost choose to be miserable because like you're there. It's hard to come up out of that sometimes. But that doesn't solve any of the problems that are making you miserable. Just like sitting there for five minutes going, you know what? I'm just going to watch a funny video. I don't do the funny video thing, but I'll play solitaire for a few minutes. I'll look at the things that do make me like escape from whatever in the moment. Just for a little bit. Like turn up the music in the car. I'm an 80s kind of a person, of course. Hi, I'm Sid Talk. I'm from the 80s. 
and just like forget the thing that's driving you crazy or because you you're not going to solve it in that moment anyway. Unless you're an ambulance driver and you're supposed to be driving someone to the to the hospital very quickly, don't do it then, right? Later, when you're done with your shift, then you decompress. And it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't do any harm to make yourself feel better. Like, it really doesn't. It's not taking away the pain of something else. It isn't just taking away the struggle of something. It's just that right this minute, you have to relieve some of the pressure somehow. I'm not saying go out and self-destruct to make yourself feel better, but I think you know what I'm saying. So taking care of yourself doesn't solve the problems of the world. Neither does feeling like shit. Well said. I thought so. To the point and good. <laughs> All right. com is our website. This is where you catch the podcast. It's also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever podcasts are available. Anchor.fm slash after the show. Email ascully at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your emails. <laughs> and finally, stay classy, Sony Pictures, and bring us some more PlayStation games, please. More PlayStation games? Games and movies. movies. Games and movies. Right on. Um, I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you're not doing it, someone is definitely doing it for you. <laughs>